It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Mika Fitzpatrick is the new highest paid safety in the NFL. How does it impact Jesse Bates? Plus more of your questions in our offseason mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we make up the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thanks for subscribing, for thumbs upping, for following on the audio platforms, and for making us your first listen. We have a lot of questions to get to today, James, as always, but the one that is going to dominate the first part of our show in fact, take out the entire first part of our show is one centered around Jesse Bates after Mika Fitzpatrick signed a very large extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers, according to multiple reports, four years, $73 million with $36 million of those dollars guaranteed as signing. A few things stand out about this. One, it resets the safety market. The average per year at nearly $18.5 million is well clear of Jamal Adams, $17.5 million average per year with the Seattle Seahawks, which was again well clear of Harrison Smith's $16 million with the Vikings. So a new ceiling has been set for the safety market. The other noteworthy thing here is that the Steelers gave out $36 million guaranteed dollars at signing, which I believe is the second most they've done for a non-quarterback in franchise history. And for their last quarterback, It's just barely over a million dollars less than his biggest guarantee on his biggest contract with the Steelers. And I know some of his contracts were a little bit shorter and maybe if he was still playing, that would be different. But a couple of things stand out here. The first of which, like I said, resets the market. The second is the Steelers are one of the teams of Bengals and those who defend their spending habits and guaranteed habits would point to and say, This is one of the other teams that does it the way the Bengals do it. And now with TJ Watt and Micah Fitzpatrick, and to a lesser extent, Cameron Hayward, the Steelers are giving out some guaranteed money. And should that change things for the Cincinnati Bengals as the salary cap continues to increase, James? Well, should it or will it? And that's the part of it is Jesse Bates, because it's going to change. Bengals are too good. They're too talented. It's going to change. It's a matter of when, not if. And do they feel like Jesse Bates is worth it? And up to this point, the answer has been no, because they could get a deal done. And I don't know what the hangup is. Maybe it is annual salary or year over year, or maybe it's guaranteed money. Maybe it's both. And odds are it is both, right? It is is that there's a, a clear gap on both ends. Um, but look, the the people that were hoping that the Marcus Williams deal with the the Ravens, fourteen million per year, five years, 70 million. And he was the top safety sign this off season. And that that was kind of a, a shell of what the Bengals could do. And maybe it's more than that. Or may, and, and I think most people expected Bates' extension to exceed that. 
but the market had kind of gone down a little bit. And Pittsburgh said, no, Minka, let's go. Let, let's get this done and mess things up potentially for the Bengals and Bates and mess things up for Derwin James and the Chargers in the process because that's exactly what it does. And it's indirect. I'm not saying that's why the Steelers made this move. But if you're Jesse Bates, guess what? You want more than $36 million guaranteed. Guess how many players on the Bengals, and Jake, I know you know this, but how many players on the Bengals have more than $36 million guaranteed? Zero. And the two that are close to it, it's because of their draft status. They were drafted yeah. first overall with Joe Burrow, $36 million. Jamar Chase, $30 million, fifth overall. They're guaranteed. That's why. Uh, all these free agents they've added, the highest guaranteed dollars, the most guaranteed money they've shelled out. DJ Reader, $20.2 million. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about an 80% jump to, to get to that $36 million. And, and if I'm, again, if I'm Jesse, that's the number I'm focused on. And it might have to start with a four now to get it done. And if you're the Bengals, you're not doing that. And, and I don't think they're doing that. So ultimately, what does this do for me and in my view of what Jesse Bates and the Bengals are? Well, right now, I think they are a one-year deal. I don't think a month from now, and it's a month up from now as we record this, uh, when that July 15th deadline rolls around, I do not think they're going to reach a long-term agreement because Bates is going to want more now or at least the same and feel even more comfortable with what he's asking. And the Bengals, they're going to be like, well, we weren't paying you that last year when you are coming off of a career year. Why would, you, why would we pay that to you now? Yeah, there are a few things here that I think are interesting. One is, as has been pointed out by several folks on Twitter, Brad Spielberger wrote an article about this for PFF, I think last year. Last August, are the Bengals making a mistake by not extending Jesse Bates now? Mm-hmm. Yes, turns out, if they wanted to keep him. And John Sheeran points out, I think rightfully, in, in the same vein, the Bengals are just too late. They had an opportunity to get this done. And I feel like this is more the Reds' history than the Bengals' history. That they're, you know, the, the Reds with the trading Todd Frazier or trading Johnny Cueto, they just waited too mm-hmm. long. They held their assets too long and they didn't get enough in return sure the bengals by contrast in this instance just waited too long to extend jesse Bateson to get the deal done and as a result the cap has continued to go up and other players are getting deals which is pushing jesse bates price tag up the other thing here is there is a difference in these players and jesse bates is more similar to marcus williams than he is to Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick was a first-round pick. Marcus Williams was a second-round pick. Jesse Bates mm-hmm. was a second-round pick. Minka Fitzpatrick has two first-team All-Pro honors mm-hmm. on his resume, two Pro Bowls. Generally, his counting statistics are gaudier than Jesse Bates. And it's easy to make an argument that Jesse Bates is a better player. But does the NFL think Jesse Bates is a better player than Minka Fitzpatrick, who the Steelers gave up two first-round picks, I believe, to acquire? Or was it one in one. a second? It was a one. It was one first rounder, but multiple but, picks, right? And one of them was I, a first rounder. Yeah, I don't think it was, I, I forget. It, but one, yeah, one was a first rounder, and then and, one, and, and it was two years, a year and a half into his rookie deal. And he's also just twenty five, so that they have in common. But the, the thing here that makes Minka closer to Jamal Adams is the Steelers gave up a lot to go get this guy. And so mm-hmm. there's that same pressure that existed for the Steelers to extend Jamal Adams, for the Steelers to extend Minka Fitzpatrick because they gave up that premium pick 
when they knew they were going to be rebuilding. And now they are rebuilding on the offensive side of the ball, and they're trying to compete with Kenny Pickett and uh, the <laughs> – the the guy from UNC whose name I don't oh, remember right now. Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky. that is hilarious. Right. Oh, look at you! Just oh, uh, anyways, um, yeah, a couple things here too. I mean, if you're the Steelers, this is kind of your identity: is defense. Yeah, your premium wide receivers, your premium running back, and even your quarterbacks—they're all cheap right now. And I get it; they're tight end cheap as well. So they got it. You got to spend that money somewhere. And so I get that. At the same time, if I'm Jesse Bates. Here's the worst case, and this is really the the avenue I think we would all go down, because every, all of most people bet on themselves at some point in their career. He's in his prime. He's set to make the most money that he's ever made on one year on a one year deal, twelve point nine one million. And if he plays well at a really high level, like he expects to, he is going to get the bag, right? If he has a twenty twenty season for on a winning team. The NFL is going to acknowledge that. And now you don't just have the Jamal Adams deal. It's not an outlier. You have the Minka Fitzpatrick deal as well. And so... And Derwin James, whatever that turns out to be. Yeah, if if a deal gets done there. And so that's the point. It's like, all right, well, this is great for you, Jesse, whether it's in Cincinnati or not. Here's why it's good for the Bengals. Because the negative is it makes it harder to keep him potentially and re-sign him. But if I'm Jesse, and not that you needed more motivation, that's... It, now you see it. The blueprint's out there. Go ball. Go have your best year. Go have not three interceptions. Go have six interceptions, 25 passes defense. Just be this disruptive, crazy man and go get paid. And whether it's in Cincinnati or not, uh, that that part is in his control. So yeah. the Bengals could benefit from him being on a one-year deal if he attacks it versus last year where he was kind of rattled by being in a contract year. Yeah. And it's worth noting uh, as well, last note here, according to Andre Perota, since it is an extension, the APY includes the final year of the current deal. So the, the in total, five years that the Steelers still have under contract for Micah Fitzpatrick comes out to $16.85 million per year. And the big difference here for the Steelers is likely, as Brad Spielberger pointed out, friend of the show, <laughs> second year guaranteed salary. And will the Bengals guarantee something in that second year for salary for Jesse Bates? Maybe that's a sticking point and maybe they can just get over that. Or maybe it's just now too rich. And if, if it's 18 million in new money that J- Jesse Bates is looking for, maybe that is too much, but we'll find out because to me, some good points that I've seen and, and largely from Joe Goodberry today, the Bengals don't have a ton of money committed long into the future. No, they're going to have to pay Jesse Bates. They're going to have to pay some wide receivers. Sorry, they're going to have to pay Joe Burrow and some wide receivers. But Jesse Bates can fit into that. And and a big part of this and something that we have talked about is they need to replenish through the draft and they need to have hit on these draft picks as some of these guys that are currently on rookie deals start to come due so they can replenish those talented and productive rookie contracts. Coming up next, we'll dive into a bunch more of your questions, including practice bubble updates and why you shouldn't be worried about Cam Taylor Britt's early absences in the off-season program. BetOnline is your number one source for all things sports wagering, whether it is the NFL and the Bengals making another run at a championship. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's the NBA Finals where the Warriors 
have a 3-2 lead. Shout out to all the Boston Celtics fans that are also Bengals fans. I know you've heard me talk about the Warriors a lot. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a game seven. But if you're a Celtics fan and you think Boston's going to get it done at home, well, then go to Bet Online, sign up for free today, and wager on Jason Tatum and your boys to get it done. And it is that simple. Bet Online is so easy to navigate. It, you can use your mobile device, you can use your iPad, use your PC or your laptop to sign up. You're not going to regret it. I've used Bet Online for the NBA playoffs, and you can too right now during the finals at Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, I don't know the answer to this question, so this is where we're going to start in our mailbag. As someone who (laughs) isn't local to Cincinnati, down at the practices every day, I haven't seen a whole lot of coverage on the indoor practice facility, although I have seen some photos that it's being worked on. I also want to just quickly shout out AJ Stearns and some others of you that did submit questions about Jesse Bates and Micah Fitzpatrick today. We were going to talk about that either way after that news (laughs) happened, but some of you asked the questions as well, so wanted to shout out those of you that asked, but Jordan Beachler has two questions in the mailbag and we're going to start with both of them. The first one is what's going on with the indoor practice facility, James, when is that going to be ready? Being built? I think it's going to be ready by the time they need it for weather reasons, right? So is it necessarily going to be ready for camp? No, I'd be pretty surprised and shocked. Uh, but the foundation is there and uh, you know, much like, the Bengals, you know, a year ago, it was like, ah, oh, they got a good foundation. Are they ready to take that next step? Well, the good news is, is the difference with this and the indoor practice facility is, is these construction workers, they're working day in, day out, and we know that they're going to be able to get it up. There isn't nearly as much uncertainty. So, no, I, I think by the time it's cold and it is mighty, 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 mighty hot right now in Cincinnati. Um, by the way, Tyler Shelvin walking around. Yes, I, I forgot to mention this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. just doing laps. Uh, around the the field in a hoodie so this dude is working out that water weight anyways i uh i think that the practice facility will be ready to go by the time there's any inclement weather and it'll be nice and you know why it's going to be nice when it's really crappy out in in a few nights ago cincinnati had some pretty bad storms that's when if that happens midday and you're practicing outside well you gotta kind of make do Right. If you're mid practice, you just got to kind of go inside and and kind of forget about it this way. They'll at least be able to hit the indoor practice facility if they need it. How long does it take to put up a bubble? Is it? It's like a full on. It's like a full on thing. See, that's the thing is like people think bubble. It's like a real infrastructure, like a full foundation. There's, you know, it's going to be there now as far as blowing up the bubble itself. Right. Getting that part. I, I don't think I think that's probably the easiest part. Like, it's are they, are they like, are they plumbing it and putting like bathrooms in over there or something? I'm or? sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think they're, there's they're building some permanent ish structure kind of things. I, I, I would imagine that you, you are. Now that's the thing is this part, this, 
site isn't permanent. They're going to build right. the real practice facility closer to the practice field and closer to Paul Brown Stadium uh, once Hilltop gets the hell out of there, which hasn't happened yet, but um, which is a, a, a concrete company for those wondering. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would imagine that they would have some kind of plumbing or something, right? You're not rocking with porta potties the whole time. You would think as an NFL team, you would hope. Uh, good to know. I mean, I they're going to have parking curious. spots. They're going to have a like legit parking okay. spots for all the players and stuff. So interesting. I, I mean, it's not I expect that far from the stadium, is it? No, but I mean, it's it's past the practice field. Yeah, you know, so you have to walk. It would be a, a decent walk. Uh, you know, a, a nice little jog. Um, so, so maybe and, and who just knows? In... I, I don't know if I'll have the luxury of having a, a parking spot, so I might have to to huff it. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't count on it. But there's plenty of parking down there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I can pra- park for practice at the stadium, but as, as far as is park at the the facility, I don't know. I don't know right. if little wee ones like me are gonna. You know, maybe I'll carpool with Joe Burrow. Yeah. In in his yeah uh-huh. in his Porsche yeah his other his other question still Jordan Beachler at Beach J eighteen should Bengals fans be concerned about Cam Taylor Britt's absences he's missed multiple practices and this one is a pretty simple answer no you should not be concerned he was excused from this week's OTA and until we hear that there's reason to be concerned I think that you should not be concerned James do you concur. I do. I agree. And that's, you know, enough said. Hopefully everything's good with Cam Saylor Britt and it was nothing serious why he was excused from the, that voluntary workout. Next question comes from Burke underscore Franklin. What is your favorite win in the Joe Burrow era? It's hard to argue with the playoff wins. And then once you get to the playoff wins, is it the first one or the last one? Did they keep getting better or was the satisfaction of winning the first playoff game that I can remember enough to be the trump card? Mm-hmm. Because they were all dramatic. They yeah. all had a, a crazy story. They were all really good games. And so for me, it's it's one of those playoff games for sure. And I'm going to just have to go with the AFC championship game because – Going to the Super Bowl this year was, or last year, I guess, was not something that I expected for this team. I thought you can go back to the to the podcast. I thought you know maybe they, if things really broke their way, they could get to the playoffs. If things went their way, they could be a nine and eight team. Mm-hmm. We we both thought I think somewhere around five hundred would be more likely than than the run they made. So, how do you argue? with the AFC championship game, I'm sure you can make a compelling argument for like his first win or his most statistically impressive win, maybe the Ravens game. But James, do you have a different answer? Uh, I do. Um, it would probably be the AFC title game for me too, but just for the sake of, of picking one that was different. And honestly, the one that was really enjoyable because I got to experience the, the home fans some, and I'm not talking about the playoff win. Uh, you know, the first one, I'm not because I didn't necessarily – I was working so damn much, I didn't get to to necessarily feel that one. But the one I did feel was the AFC North title and finding a way against the Chiefs after digging yourself in that yeah. hole and being down 14 multiple times and Jamar Chase saying, no, this isn't what we do now. I mean, that's literally what happened. You know, the, the offense was going through its damn struggles and, and Chase was like, no – 
that this isn't us. This is the old Bengals. We're the new Bengals. And put the team on his back and went for two. What did he go for? Two something crazy. I forget now. It's been removed. Anyway, I know he has 1,455 uh, yards for the year. But uh, went for 200-plus yards, three touchdowns, just insane. The catch and run that got them going when they were down 14 nothing for the touchdown was insane. So that would probably be one. But ultimately, my favorite moment of last year was the AFC title game, no doubt. Um, and, and afterwards, being on the field and seeing all those, I mean, everybody, front office members, players, coaches, just that joy. Uh, parents of players, it was uh, – that was one of the highlights of my career for sure. Yeah. 266 on 11 catches. I can't believe I forgot touchdowns. that number. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot that number. It, it really annoys me. I forgot how many receiving yards he had in that game. I, I don't have an encyclopedic for. memory for these sorts of things. Uh, and some of the, uh, some of the numbers you remember are pretty impressive, but uh, yeah, that's what got him so close to the rookie record. He played a, or no, he broke the rookie record. Oh, did he, he did. He the bro- catches. He, he, yeah, he did it that game, right? Uh, he no, he broke the rookie record for yards in the the. Oh no, he broke the rookie record uh, in that game, and then yeah. the next week against the Browns, he broke Chad's record. That's what yeah, that's that's what it was. He needed the yeah the extra game for which is insane that he did that as a rookie because yeah. a lot of people, including myself, think Chad's the best receiver in franchise history. Anyway, including a game a rookie season when he had three yards against the Denver Broncos, which. That ain't right. happening against any secondary this year because they're going to have a line. You would think not. Yeah, you would think not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun because you can point to some of the Jamar Chase stuff as some really good memories in the Joe Burrow era as well. We're going to wrap up with a couple more questions coming up next, including the retirement of Internet Explorer today. What should the Bengals retire? What? Like Internet Explorer. And Odell Beckham Jr., Stirring up the internet with a comment on Joe Burrow's Instagram post. What should the Bengals do to bring OBJ to town? Man, what, what you threw me off there, but it's okay because I was talking about Jamar Chase, and there's nothing more reliable in the NFL right now than a Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase deep ball. Um, and the only thing as reliable that I know about is rockauto.com, the number one spot for all things car parts. So if you're looking for an air filter, or a cabin air filter, or an oil filter, or maybe it's not just the filter world. You're looking for a fuel pump. You're looking for a starter. You're looking for some kind of car part that you don't want to pay two arms and one leg for, but you want it to be quality. RockAuto.com has got you covered. They're a family business. They've been in business for more than two decades. And whether you use Google Chrome or whether you use Safari, you're certainly not going to use Internet Explorer because that's retired, but rockauto.com is here for you. So check them out right now at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box that they know we sent you? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. And Joe Burrow is a pretty popular guy on Instagram, pretty popular guy in general, as we all know at this point. Odell Beckham Jr., of course, a fellow LSU alum, (laughs) comments on a Joe Burrow post, the one. So we have a question here from Stephen H. at Stephen Hagen 3. What is the maximum you would offer Odell Beckham Jr. on a one-year deal where you know he most likely won't be available for the first three quarters of the season? Steven isn't sure where the veteran minimum is, but he would offer $5 million for a one-year deal as insurance and a fresh body for the postseason. You know, I've been on the Will Fuller train. I have. But Steven, I like this type of thinking. And most Bengals fans are going to say, no, we don't need that headache. Oh, my God. He's so much drama, 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 sideshow, all this stuff. I think this locker room's too tough for that. I think they're too tight. I, I just I don't see that happening. And you know, I think the Rams culture is pretty damn good too. You know, they can absorb a Jalen Ramsey and it'd be okay. And then Dominic Sue a few years ago and it'd be okay. Uh, and, and you go on and on and on about guys like that. Aaron Donald mid year, and not that he's a problem necessarily, but guys with big egos, big big time games, and, and crazy resumes. I think the Bengals are kind of in that position too. So. I actually don't really worry about the locker room part of this. Now, I'll preface it by saying I don't think the Bengals are going to do it. But if you're telling me that you can give Joe Burrow, Odell Beckham Jr. to go with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I'm not going to argue with you. And, Stephen, if you if you went $5 million bucks, I'm not going to argue with you. Now, it would probably be less than that with some incentives and some postseason incentives and things like that. I wouldn't argue one bit, and that is the beauty of having Joey B. You have to embrace that because there were many years, really my entire lifetime, I don't think that there would have been a quarterback that would have attracted someone like Odell Beckham Jr. And again, I don't think the Bengals are in on it. But to me, if if Joey B and OBJ are like, hey, man, let's let's team up and let's let's do this thing, let's go crazy. I watched OBJ. He went to to Los Angeles last year, and Robert Woods was healthy. Got hurt the next day, but he was healthy when he signed there. They have Cooper Cup, right? He was never going to be the number one there and was probably going to be the number three. I wouldn't argue with it. I think it's unrealistic, but uh, no, I I think $5 million, that's, that's about right, even though I think it would be a little bit lower with some incentives to get him into that, you know, $8 million range. And I think that's what he's looking at, and that's why he hasn't signed anywhere because no one's offering him big money coming back from a second ACL. There's so many questions around the injury, predicting his recovery, figuring out where he's at in his recovery. And and then you're right. There's figuring out the player himself. How does he fit in your locker room? How does he fit on your team? And I think some of the character concerns or drama stuff with OBJ might be a little bit overblown. He was on some dysfunctional teams Mm -hmm. to his defense. And I don't think there were any complaints about him in LA that I recall. And it was a really strong culture there and a winning program. And when you go to a locker room that has a strong culture and a winning program, and it's a really close team. Every time we hear these players talk on the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm just struck by the apparent tightness of the locker room. Mm -hmm. And, and the close-knit group they have in there, and the emphasis that Burrow and Taylor 
and everyone in that building puts on rebuilding the culture every year, not just rebuilding your football program, but also rebuilding your culture. So I'm not worried about it from that perspective. I would think, again, that Odell Beckham would be looking for more of an opportunity than he would likely get in Cincinnati. If I think Will Fuller is looking for more of an opportunity than he would get in Cincinnati, I certainly would think the same for Odell Beckham, but that ACL is just such a a complication. But I'd be really comfortable with $5 million, sure. If it's a one-year deal, Mm -hmm. what's the harm in that? And and, and that's the thing is it it really is the ultimate insurance policy just in case something – I mean because he's still legit. I mean we saw him in the Super Bowl. Like yeah. the dude was, he's still good. He was he's really damn good. And, you know, Mike Hilton was stuck on him like glue and he found a way to make a play on him. Right. And that's just one example. But yeah, I, uh, I think it would work. That being said, I, I don't think the Bengals are even really discussing it. And I don't think, and I, I might talk about this more in a, a future episode, but I don't think Joe Burrow is at the stage where he can be like, go get me Odell. I don't think no. he's there yet with the front office. No, I don't think so. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, was the fourth leading receiver in the postseason behind T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. And if he had played the full Super Bowl, he might have been higher on this list. He might have been third, uh, beating out guys like Tyree Kill and Gabriel Davis, who had the massive game in the second round of the playoffs. And so those guys all played the most games, but he was still very good in the playoffs, was Odell Beckham Jr. 13, nearly 14 yards per catch, two touchdowns. So the guy, I mean... I think just making the point that he's still good at football. And mm-hmm. if the opportunity's there, you should do it. But yeah, I think I agree with you that the opportunity is not likely realistic. And, yeah. And that's why I've been pushing a little bit harder for Will Fuller of the two. I think it's a little more realistic, even though I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that one's likely either. Yeah. All right. Last question. KB Bruhaha says, with today, as in Wednesday, being the day that Internet Explorer is being retired, what Bengals trend habit characteristic needs to become a thing of the past. And he says, for me, the B logo needs retired so we can use an actual Bengal tiger as our official logo. What is it for you, Jake? I like the idea of going back to a, uh, or going to a Bengal tiger for the logo, as long as they don't bring a real tiger in as a mascot, which would be really cool. But there's uh, something about putting a tiger in captivity that, I don't love. And so that's a whole nother conversation, but I I do like this idea outside of that. What about retiring a number? Is that an idea? I don't know. I I think the other big one is something that we talked about in the first segment. And this is uh, a pretty easy one for me. It's, it's pay guaranteed money to players and, and figure out how to guarantee like second year salaries or something. Because you're keeping those players for their second year anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, modernize your contract structure a little bit. Going back to other things I, I would like to see them improve on is, is like, let's let's scrap the informal lack of GM or like informal de facto GM thing and give an actual GM title out to someone who isn't Mike Brown. And I would also ask Duke Tobin to retire his preference for a small personnel department. Those are, those are the things that occur to me. Sorry. I know that was more than one. It was. And look at you hitting the hard issues right now. Like the, the yeah, scouting yeah. department, retire the idea that you don't need a, you know, a thousand different scouts and I'm being, you know, uh, exaggerating there a bit. Um, but you hit on the one that I would say, 
Uh, Anthony Munoz's number should be retired. Like, I get it, Bob Johnson is the only one that's retired. 78 shouldn't be worn um, or shouldn't be allowed, shouldn't be eligible. Um, you know, people got so mad at me last week. Uh, there were multiple people like, how can Willie Anderson be a finalist for the Hall of Fame, but you have Chad Johnson ahead of him for the Ring of Honor? It's two different things. It's two, two totally different things. And um, that being said, are, are we sure Lyle Collins should be able to wear 71? Are we sure Willie Anderson shouldn't have had that retire? I, I don't know. Are we sure Chad in in this idea that that 85 should that have been worn? Should he have been able to wear it because they should have retired it with Isaac Curtis? So that's the part. Open up the number thing a little bit. That would be one. Um outside of that, you know, maybe retire the green seat idea mm. and, and get some different colored seats in there once in a while. You know, little things like that. So you were hitting the football stuff. I I, I went the other route. Um there, there's plenty though. Uh, but if I had to pick one that matters the most, and they're going to have to retire it with Joe Burrow, is the guaranteed money, honey, because it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. That's why when I, I talked to Joe on Tuesday and I asked about the chef, he said second contract. It's because when you get that guaranteed long money, you can bring the chef wherever you want because you got that guaranteed dough. Looking at the NFL in general, I think there are about 26 teams, if I counted right, that have retired numbers around the NFL of those 26 teams. And obviously the expansion teams are, are the exception to this rule, the newer teams that haven't been around long enough. The only other team that only has one number retired is the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers are an expansion team. Mm-hmm. So 1993, they were established first season in 1995. Um. Yeah, I, I think Munoz's number that that one is that a really would be good the one. one. Yeah, that would be the one probably. And, and then you know Ken Anderson's fourteen. I mean Andy already wore it a ton. Yeah. So it's 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 hard for me to to say that one necessarily, but you I never like, know. The, the number one might get retired. I, I like the idea of prestige numbers instead of retired numbers. That I don't remember who it was on Twitter, so apologies. You're probably a listener of the show because I saw this on my timeline. But um, instead of retiring numbers, because there are limited numbers on a football team, you start retiring as many numbers as a Bears who have like 12 numbers retired. You know, you start to impinge on on options for your future players, and sometimes it's worth it when the when the history is there. But the alternative to that is like you get voted to wear this number. And it's well, harder it's like, to do in the NFL because of merchandising rules, but like LSU does, seven, obviously. With the number seven, because Jamar right. wore that. He switched numbers for briefly before he sat out. Yeah. Right. And and you can't really do it in the NFL as practically because, like like I said, like T. Higgins can't change his number on a whim. But uh, I, I think that it would be cool if the NFL could figure out a way to implement like one or two prestige numbers per team as well. Yeah. And, and honestly – 28 for a running back, 85 for a receiver. Those are the yeah. two that stand out to me for, for the Bengals, for sure. Right? Those those are the historic numbers for the Bengals. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We are fully in off-season mode at this point, so we're sticking to three days a week as the Bengals are gearing things down until we get to training camp in late July. But next week, we're joined by at least Matt Harmon. We're going to have a Bengals receivers episode, and – I'll talk to Matt a little bit about where the Bengals triplets and where their outside receiving duo should rank among receivers in the NFL. If you don't know Matt Harmon, he does reception perception, does a lot of really great work 
on wide receivers. And it started as a fantasy thing, but it turns out he's pretty good at identifying using his methodology. Who's really good at playing wide receiver in the NFL. So we'll talk to him about the Bengals star trio next week. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.